So guilt is an emotional reflex. Guilt is the fertilizer in the soil that grows shame. And salvation redeems you from this shame and from the emotional reflex of guilt in every situation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast designed to help you learn how to study the Bible for yourself by showing you how to look into the historical, philosophical, and cultural background in which it was written. The reason why the Salty Pastor Podcast is so different is because we are trying to get you to think for yourself. The reason is, is because what you believe is the most important thing about you. Therefore, you should know what you believe and why you believe it. We're here for you to grow in your own faith and we want to be part of that as a weekly regiment. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do this without the one, the only, the salty pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Yeah, we're here to help you grow in your faith, everyone. So it's good to be here with you, and we hope that uh, this podcast that we uh, put together for you is helping you do that by giving you basic uh, tools, uh, kind of uh, interpretative tools, also giving you... Uh, ways of looking and thinking about things that help you think more critically about not only your own life, but the truths that you adopt in order to find guidance through this life and why the revelation of God, we study the scriptures, are so significant in this process. So it's good to be here with, with the salty crew. I'm the salty pastor and feeling salty. Well, we have to say that it was quite the reaction from uh, the sermon on Sunday. We had a lot of people that are really excited about this series and that uh, really felt impacted by what you said. They start, they're starting to unravel uh, the layers above their guilt and realizing deep down what is causing some of the things in their life to be so hard. And so I think that connection between salvation and resolving guilt was super powerful and is starting to resonate with some people in a real way. So I want to dig into the Bible study. Let's keep going, <laughs> Pastor. We're ready. It's going. Well, isn't that interesting? You know, you preach on guilt and everybody's all fired up. You know, it's like, oh, most people say, oh, I don't want to go to church. I always feel so guilty. And everybody's like, I want to go to church. Why? Because we're talking about guilt. Well, even like we were working on the marketing for the, the series and your son and I were talking through, okay, what should we put out on the billboard on the outside of the building? He's like, well, what if we just put feeling guilty question mark? And I'm like, well, I feel like that's going to drive people away because that's what most people associate with churches. Yeah. Guilt, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. my brain instantly went to, no, 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 let's not do that. But I mean... That is an honest question, right? Are you feeling guilty? And I think there's the the overt guilt that we know yeah. we feel, but yeah. then I think there's a lot of layer deep down guilt that we don't address yes. and we don't yeah. realize Never, we're de yep. dealing with. Yeah, we generally just resolve surface feelings. I pushed Susie on the playground. I'm sorry. And <laughs> yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Some people, they just walk around carrying a sack of sorries with them, you know. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm breathing air especially today. If, especially if they're from Canada. It's yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Well, I think the, the thing that we that really got people excited is that the resolution of guilt is really a lot to do with your salvation. It has to do with the nature of salvation and what does it actually do in you. And when the soul is redeemed, it's important to understand the New Testament is very specific. When your soul is redeemed, your mind and body are redeemed as well. Uh, now, 
we've talked about Gnosticism in the past. Gnosticism splits the body from the spiritual. And so Gnostics don't really believe this. And there's a lot of Gnostic pagan thought running around today. And unfortunately, I think that's influenced even a lot of Christians without them realizing. And so they carry so much guilt. Uh, but the, the key point to understand is that the goal of redemption is to take away the source of guilt, right? And to heal the reflexive emotional response of guilt mm. in your life. And so it heals both spiritual and in a sense, I call it physical because in your brain, when you have an emotional response to a situation, your brain has created a neural pathway in that. And people are like, well, I don't, I really don't understand how that works. And I go, well, it's my banana story. Okay. And that is when I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old, Okay, whatever, I got the stomach flu. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't feeling good. I was really irpy. I went into the kitchen. So my, I told my mom, man, my stomach's unsettled. You know, I feel like I, you know, my stool's loose. I don't know what to do. And so my mom is thinking, well, whenever you have a loose stool, you get on the brat diet, right? You have bread, rice, or bananas and rice and these types of things. So she gives me a banana. So I eat this banana. And as soon as I ate the banana, what happened? You felt better? No. <laughs> I puked. Oh, okay. So for the next 20 years of my life, whenever I smelled a banana, you know what happened? I started to throw oh. up, you know? And what, so it, even to this day, you know, banana pudding, not on my mm. list of things to eat. Oh, man. You know, I got over a little bit for banana bread because I really like banana bread. But, but anyway, it took, you know, 20 to 25 years to get over that visceral response to eating a banana because my brain had associated it with what made me throw up. And so it created a neurological pathway, right? So that as soon as I smelled it in the physical realm, my brain in my emotional realm connected those dots and I had a gag reflex. Right. So that's how it works. When you feel guilty emotionally about a situation or any situation or something that tends to be in the realm of something that kind of sort of smells that way mm -hmm. in your life, guess what? You immediately feel guilty. And when Christ came, he came to heal you from that. So just not the surface emotional reflex, but to he, he's redeemed, redeemed your mind and he's redeemed your soul and he's redeemed all of you. And it's very clear in the scriptures. Look at the Old Testament in Psalms 31. It says, uh, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Okay, so this person is like, I'm, I'm having these visceral responses or I'm having these experiences. So I'm going to put myself in your hands, Lord, because I trust you to fix it. He says, let me never be ashamed and deliver me in your righteousness. And so what does guilt always produce over a long period of time is shame, right? In Psalms 32, verse five, it says, uh, how blessed is he whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is a person whose guilt the Lord does not take into account and whose spirit is there is no deceit. I actually started verse one. I'm going to read through verse five. Excuse me. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. 
For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality failed as with the dry heat of summer. And this really is an interesting Hebrew idiom when he says my vitality. You know how when you you have, like have energy for life, you know, yeah. and and when it's all when people fall into depression, deep depression, you know, they can't even get out of bed. They don't, it's not only that they don't have energy, they have no motivation or even will to will themselves out of bed and do what they need to do to get moving. And so in a Hebrew idiom was when you have that for life, it's called vitality. The Hebrew word that we translate is vitality. And so what they liken it unto, cause you know, they're living in a kind of a desert and part of it is a desert culture is water because water is life. Right. Right. And so they're saying is that, okay, my life is dried up like the desert. I, I just don't have anything. And so he's saying, my vitality failed me, okay, as the dry heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my guilt. I said, I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, this is in the Old Testament before Christ was even born. And so he says, look, I, my vitality is gone, verse 1, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. So he's like, I've got a problem here. I need to fix it. And so that's really interesting. In Psalms 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, meaning God, removed our transgressions from us. So guilt is an emotional reflex. Guilt is the fertilizer in the soil that grows shame. And salvation redeems you from this shame and from the emotional reflex of guilt in every situation. It, re it restores you or redeems you or heals you from the core belief that you're not enough or that you don't measure up or that you're always wrong. And so that's really important to understand that we're not only healed spiritually in salvation, but emotionally and physically in all these other areas as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that verse from Psalm 103 about as far as east from the west, mm -hmm. so far as he removed our transgression from us. Because you almost need to think about it that way because if you even let a little bit of the guilt remain, just like you said, this is an, a visceral response that can cause all kinds of different stuff. It's very similar to, Pastor Arv uses the word no lumpy carpet, right? When we talk about staff um I don't want to say conflict, but conflict, right? Like yeah. little things happen between coworkers. And he said, he always goes, no lumpy carpet. Don't let, don't just sweep things under the rug because right. even one little thing I tripped in my office today and I just had like a slight mess up in my rug. Right. And it, it yeah. can really trip you up and guilt's the same way. Mm -hmm. Even the smallest little bump can really cause, I mean, you talked about your banana pudding, right? Like just a, you didn't a even whiff. Eat it, a whiff of it. And I've had a response to that too before. Mine was um, less wholesome, but it's the same, <laughs> same thing, right? And so it's like having those responses, guilt can immediately take you back into that place you were at, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. your brain has linked that to that moment in time. Yes. And it can bring you back. And so you have to have the, the distance you have to think about you have been forgiven and as far as east from the west right like mm -hmm. that's how wide the span is of of you from that moment yeah. that you need to so he's healing you from the the core issue that causes guilt you know that right. we violated an objective standard but then it goes it's so far it it permeates the point is is it's so broad it's so incredible it's so far away that it 
filters down into every part of your life. Yeah. So it seems like these Old Testament passages kind of capture the essence of the soul or or, Mm -hmm. where it's like being infected by a sickness almost, right? Mm -hmm. And so what salvation um, redeems us to a cureness out of this? Let me rephrase that. What, how does salvation kind of cure us of this sickness of the soul? Right. Okay. Um, how, why, and if that's true, let's say, you know, you're saying that that is what Jesus has done for us when we are baptized and and taken in. Right. Mm -hmm. Why are we still walking around with this guilt? I think is the bigger question. Probably it's like, (laughs) yes, we, we know that you've already demonstrated that salvation is a cure of this sickness of the soul. Yes. But people are still plagued by the sickness if they already have the cure. So how is that working? (laughs) Well, that's a really great question. And that's the essence of the series. Why are so many Christians walking around with so much guilt? And what's interesting, this is really important to understand is that Christ said that when you're in me, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world and people are drawn to you. Many people today say, well, the problem with the church is that it looks so much like the world. Mm. You know, the people in the church look just like the people in the world. There is no difference. And so why become a Christian? And the issue I would say is it's not because Christians aren't living to a higher and more stricter morality, which is how some people interpret it. My contention is this is it's because we don't understand what salvation is and we walk around as guilt-ridden beings all the time. Mm. We have not resolved our guilt. We do not understand how to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. We do not understand the immensity and the overwhelming power of what it is that Christ did for us when he redeems us. We underestimate you know, the power and its effect on us. When we see the power of the resurrection, it overcame death. (laughs) You know, that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, that basically violated all the laws of physics and the universe by bringing death back to life. And so that power, we then underestimate its influence on us when it saves us. Mm. And I think that's the main issue. Paul argued in this way all the time. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says something really interesting. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, what's really interesting is he's saying that guilt is an emotional reflex, and we talked about this last week, to whenever we feel in our conscience we violated, right, a standard. So that standard is our conscience in our own lives or an objective standard. Like, Mm. oh, there's this law out there, rules out there that I believe that's, there's things that are always wrong and I violated that. So we have this emotional response called guilt. And so Paul says, guess what? There is no basis for guilt for those who are called into Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what he's saying is that, okay, So if I continue to walk according to the flesh, and unfortunately, in American Christianity, they've reduced this to moralism. And that is, well, don't lie, don't cheat, uh, don't be sexually immoral, and these types of things, right? But what I think is he's getting much to a much deeper statement of truth. When you go back and you read uh, chapters 5 and uh, 6 and 7, you really 
get into it, particularly in chapter six, where he talks about being united with Christ. Mm. You know, we are, we are, we are completely united with him. We are baptized and united with Christ in his death in chapter six and brought back up into the likeness of his resurrection. And therefore now, because of that, God can bestow his righteousness on you. So the reason why you're not judged and the reason why you're not is because you are covered with the righteousness of Christ in the presence of God. So you can now, you know, he says, another, we can now enter into the presence of God and say, Abba, Father. Mm. Whereas if you go to the Old Testament and you read Isaiah chapter six, he gets into the, in a, through a vision into the presence of God. And he's like, I'm toast. He's scared to death right? because he's like, no one gets into the presence of God and survives because he says, I'm a man of unclean lips, meaning I'm not perfect. Mm. And so it's really important. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus when they do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So it's, it's very important to understand why are so many Christians walking around with so much guilt is because they don't understand how the spirit is designed to heal them from this guilt reflection, reflexive uh, reaction, and from the root causes of guilt, okay? Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And what does guilt do? What did I say last week in my message? I said, guilt always kills. It always brings death. It kills everything. Guilt kills your relationship. I told a story of this young woman carried a secret, got married. When she told her husband, she couldn't forgive herself and she divorces him. So her guilt, even though she was forgiven by God, kills her marriage. And so guilt does that. It kills everything. And now, as I said, this is a fulfillment of his argument in chapters five, six, and seven, where we are united with Christ and the righteousness of Jesus is bestowed upon us. Now, if you jump forward two chapters into Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says the following. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. So, okay, this tells me now why I'm not walking in the spirit that has set me free from the law of sin and death. Listen to what he says. There is a word. So this is the, the logos, a spoken word. It's in my mouth. This word is on my heart. In John, the Gospel of John, what is Jesus called? He's called the Word, the, the living Logos. And this is, it says, this is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. So notice what he's doing here. He's saying it begins with a belief in your heart, right? And then what happens is you speak it because it goes through your mind and it becomes a spoken word of what God has already done in your life. And this results in salvation. So it, when we confess Christ and we are redeemed by him, right? We are brought into the kingdom of God. Well, that essence of salvation is the pattern that is set for the rest of your journey on earth. Okay. You catch that? That pattern in salvation, when you're initially redeemed, is the pattern that is set for the rest of your walk with Christ on earth. It's just like this. 
if you meet a woman and you fall in love with her and you get married, then anytime your relationship is not doing well, anytime your relationship is struggling or it gets off track, what do you do? Well, you follow the same pattern that you did when you fell in love. You, a lot of times what counselors will say, well, go back and ask yourself, why did you fall in love in the first place? <laughs> right? And you go, well, I was attracted to this, 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 and this. Okay, well, go f- rebirth that. So all they're doing is they're taking this biblical principle that Paul elicits in Romans chapter 10 and applying it to an everyday situation. And that is the pattern of my salvation becomes the pattern of my faith journey with Christ. What happens so often with Christians is they become redeemed and saved, and then they decide it's their job to work so hard that they're going to turn themselves into Christ-likeness. And Paul says, that's just never going to happen. Right. Because <laughs> you couldn't save yourself to start with. What makes you think you're going to fix yourself? That's why it's the New Testament is all about trusting in the Lord. And that is submitting yourself to Christ and his work in you. And so the key is that you want the Holy Spirit to awaken in your life so that it changes you as opposed to you trying to change you. Because you couldn't save you in the first place, so why do you think the you that is you is going to turn you into the you that is Christ-like? Used a lot of yous. Did you catch all that? (laughs) It made sense, though. It did. So it's really interesting. He he says this, verse 11. He caps off this idea. Now the scripture says, whoever believes in Jesus will not be put to what? Shame. Shame. And what, what is the result of unresolved guilt? Shame. Shame. So this is very insightful about how we resolve the guilt in our lives. The New Testament goes on and on. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10 for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. I love this verse right here because it is super power packed. Listen to what he says. Everybody feels sorrow, right? There's worldly sorrow and there is godly sorrow and there's a difference. Godly sorrow produces a turning to God. So it's a, it's a winsome, wonderful, joyful turning to God in safety and security and in acceptance and high value. It is, I'm turning to God and that that's called repentance and that saves me. So not only initially salvation from when I'm brought from death to life and entered in the kingdom of God, but this is how I ongoing am healed in my emotional world, right? And in my mental world. And it's how those neuropathways are rewired and it happens all the time because I have a godly sorrow, not a worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow always produces salvation, but worldly sorrow always produces what? Death. Death. And guilt and sorrow are very similar, right? You, you know, when you have unresolved guilt, you walk around and man, it is just pounding the living snot out of you without, you can't seem to run from it. In Colossians uh, chapter uh, two, verse 14, Paul talks about the same issue again, where he says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. 
Okay, that's in, he's talking about the law. These, this is the handwritten requirements of the law, and it was used against us to judge us as guilty, right? In a spiritual and emotional, intellectual, physical sense. He goes on to say, it was contrary to us. So it's really interesting. He's, he, he doesn't say that the law is bad. He says, to, Paul's arguments is always is, has two aspects when he talks about the law. The first one is this, is that the law couldn't do what it was designed to do, make you righteous. And the other argument he has about it is the law still reflects the standard, but the problem is it's used against you as a club all the time. Mm. It's always used against you as a club. Satan in particular uses it to make you feel what? Guilty. Guilty all the time. So it's really interesting. He says, and he has taken, meaning Jesus has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. See, the cross is all about what? It's about the power of Jesus and the resurrected Christ healing you from this guilt and shame. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, it says, he quotes God, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And so what's really interesting is we don't understand the Hebrew mind of Yahweh, right? So the covenant, the law, was God in their mind. It was God. So not only are they saying that God right, is not remembering. They're saying the law has no judgment against me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they, they had those two tied up together. We could dig into that for hours, but we don't have time for that. First Peter chapter four, verse 16, the apostle Peter says, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. In other words, if things are going bad in your life, don't feel guilty that you violated God's law and he's now punishing you. He says, don't feel guilty and ashamed when you suffer or bad things happen to you. Why? Glory, uh, let's glorify God in the matter because you're not paying for some past sin from 20 years ago of why, you know, something bad is happening right now. The reason you got cancer is not because of something you did when you were in, you know, 12 years old in middle school, Right. That's not it. What it is is just an opportunity to show that I am been set free and I'm going to glorify God even in my suffering. And this is what so many people just don't get in their Christian faith. And that is, is they think that anytime anything goes bad in their life, they're being punished by God. And that is simply not true. That is false. Okay. Now, there are bad things that happen to us all the time, mm. and, but it's not, we're not being punished for past sins, right? We're suffering from the general evil and corruptness of this world, and we don't escape that. Okay, we're not going to escape that. But it gives us an opportunity to glorify God is that I don't have to feel guilty about what's going mm. on. Why do we resent pain and suffering in our life so much? Because we feel guilty. We feel like somehow we deserve it. And we don't want to feel that way. He goes on in um, uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and this is important, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me ask you this question. Is feeling guilty 
as a follower of Christ, is that righteousness? I think most people interpret it as righteousness because they go, oh, I know that I'm doing wrong. And so if I feel bad about it, I'm cleaner. I mean, I, yeah, we can convince ourselves of all kinds of, we want to pay a penance. Yes. We are constantly doing that. So it's like, I've had that thought where I'm like, well, if I work more than everyone else, then I'm more hardworking than everyone else. And it's like, no, I'm just working more, more than everybody. I just have less free time than everyone else that doesn't do anything. That's just me working more. And so, yeah. uh, Feeling more guilty doesn't make you more righteous. It just right. makes you feel more guilty. <laughs> so if you, if there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, those who do not walk according to the flesh but walk according to the Spirit, would you say that feeling guilty and nursing the feeling of guilty and holding on to the feelings of guilty is an act of righteousness or an act of unrighteousness? I mean, you are not even subtly, you are denouncing the freedom that you've been given. You're denouncing what Jesus came to set you free from. You're basically rejecting it. And so I would say it makes you unrighteous. Yeah. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that, that pattern of behavior, emotional response is unrighteousness. So see, the point in the scripture, it's just become so clear, is that the design of walking closer with God and his kingdom is to cleanse you from these unrighteous habits. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? It is. Well, Pastor, I know you probably wanted to dig into a few more things today, but we have Thursday to kind of wrap them up unless there's something you want to absolutely end on today before we send our listeners off for the day. Well, I think we're going to dig into on Thursday signs of how guilt is influencing you. Okay. And hopefully the point isn't, and we'll talk about this, the point is not that guilt is designed to tell you you're wrong or bad. Guilt can become a sign like pain, okay, when you get scratched on your arm. And you go, you look at it and you go, oh, it's just a skeeter bite. Or Oh my, that needs stitches. Right. <laughs> right. And so it just becomes a tool for the righteous to help them identify where the blood of Christ has not filtered into a new area of their soul. Right. And so we're going to dig into that. I think that people are going to be really like, oh my goodness. So Thursday's an episode you're not going to want to miss. You're not going to want to miss that one. Well, thank you, Pastor, so much for sharing with us. We really appreciate you. Um, doing this series. I think this is going to bless a lot of people and maybe free a lot of people from some guilt that they are uh, harboring and holding on to that they don't need to anymore. And I'm excited to see what kind of an impact it makes in our salty crew across the world. So thank you so much for joining us today. Listeners, make sure you um, like and subscribe to the new Salty Pastor channel. Um, if you aren't, I would say that probably over 50% of you are not actually subscribed yet. So you should definitely get subscribed and send it off to somebody who needs to hear this. This, this series on guilt is so applicable to basically anybody, whether you're married, single, kids, no kids. It is a demographic that goes across the world that this is a very easy set of videos to send to people to try to help free them from the guilt that they're feeling. So make sure you're sharing these, um, whether it's on social media or on YouTube. I think that will really bless some people that don't listen to the Salty Pastor podcast mm -hmm. that need to hear this. So Please do that, and we will see you on Thursday for an action-packed episode <laughs> of the Salty Pastor Podcast. Blessings.